Hey guys, it's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today, we are going to talk with writer and meditation teacher, Josephine Atlury, whose 13-year journey to motherhood and struggle with fertility led her to advocate for women's fertility. And she has a book coming out and a podcast, which we can't wait to talk to her about. Um, It's about her journey and everything she's doing to help other women. Hey, Jade, how is it going over there in Cali? We are doing good. How are you? Oh, fine. (laughs) Fine as can be. Okay, so these are obviously... They're pre-recorded. We don't do these live, which would be fun if we did. But um, so yesterday was Brooks's birthday, his first birthday. And I totally forgot that Brooks was born on my brother's birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, duh. Like, I remember when you had him, I was like, oh, my gosh, that was my brother's birthday. And like, that should be in my brain. But it just my brain doesn't work anymore. (laughs) Well, yeah, but yeah, that's my brother has the same birthday as Brooks, which part is so of funny the perks of being in the mom club. <laughs> oh God, your brain goes out the window. But uh, which brother? Zach. Okay, that makes sense because um, this is totally. I don't really believe in horoscopes, but the horoscopes are fun. And oh my God, I totally do. Do you? Uh, uh-huh. Both of my babies are Leos, and I could totally see Zach being a Leo. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Zach is a true Leo. Yeah. It's so funny. Have you watched the show about Indian matchmaking? No, but I want to. I saw it on Netflix and oh my gosh. I, it intrigued it's me. It's so good. Is it? It's so good. But they talk about like astrology and horoscopes and stuff and how they even like match up people in relationships like based on all of that. Ooh. And it's just really interesting. They also have face readers that can read your face and like tell you a lot about you just judging on like <gasps> what your face oh god like. that makes me like very <laughs> self-conscious though because i'm like where am i holding the tension in my face because i totally know i hold it in my mouth that's so funny you do uh-huh yeah sometimes when i see pictures or videos of myself and i'm just like sitting there thinking i'm like why am i holding my face like that and it's just i feel like that's where i hold my tension that's so funny. I feel like I hold it like in between my eyebrows. We need to have a face reader read our faces. <laughs> we do. We need to have them look at pictures of us and then tell us about if we're good people or not. <laughs> well, I know I know I'm a good person, but I still would like to know like other things. Do you oh, it's so funny. Have you ever taken the Enneagram? Have we talked about that on here? The Enneagram? Yes, I have. Do you know what your number is? I don't know if I believe in that, though. I mean, I do, there's but some like, hard, I'm not like super into it. There's some people that are like hardcore about it. I took it the other day because my dad asked me to take it. And I, I talked about it on Instagram. And all these people were like, there's like people who believe in it, like believe in it. Oh, yeah. But I think it's. Oh, yeah. Mine was pretty true. What, do you know what your number is? I'm like a three wing seven, I think. Ooh, I'm a four winged three. What is four again? The individualist. Individualist. Okay. Yeah. So it's all based off of like your fears or something and your stresses and how like you react yeah. to them or something. So like I'm the individualist. So my thing is like always like worrying that I'm never like unique. But and I also am sad that I'm different than everybody, but I also want to be different than everybody. I don't know. But just, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah. But I definitely think it's true. I I, I feel like I resonated with mine, but... 
I've seen people like try to like do matchmaking based on enneagrams too, or like learn how to like navigate their relationships based on their numbers and their spouse's numbers. I mean, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. Compatibility is like a big deal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you know, if you know how someone reacts or, you know what somebody's fears are or whatever, like, especially in a relationship, you know how to like navigate that way better. Yeah. And Tanner, but it's also like five love languages. Like if you know someone's love language, then (gasps) you can, help them feel loved. Can I share something? Can I share something with you that I saw on Facebook this morning that was kind of like, or on Instagram this morning that kind of like blew my mind is I saw this lady post about, she's like a relationship coach and she was posting about, uh, five love languages, but then she was like, why don't you use your love language to love yourself? And it's like, (gasps) and it was like all these different ways of like, if you, if your love language is physical touch, like put lotion on yourself every morning with like intention, Ah. or if it's your quality time, like set aside time for yourself. And I was like, why don't we ever talk about how to use our love language to love ourselves? That is so true. Yeah. I thought it was like really interesting. And I was like, wow, I've never thought of it that way. Like, you know, why do we always have to expect it from somebody else when, you know, like, oh, you don't love me the way I need to be loved. Like, well, we could be loving ourselves that way. You know, what's so funny. So Evans is um, words of affirmation Mm -hmm. and mine is not. So it's like, (laughs) I don't know. It's hard. Like I always tell him it's hard for me to tell you're awesome when you're not being awesome. But like he needs to be told he's awesome to feel awesome to do better things. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always been like, why can't you just pat yourself on the back and tell yourself you're awesome? Which is like not helpful, but (laughs) it is kind of true. in what you're saying, like if we could just give ourselves a pep talk in the mirror, then like show yourself that love. Or like if you need quality time with yourself, go out and, you know, take a hike by yourself and be with yourself. Like I get it. totally makes sense. Yeah. I mean, obviously we still want our, like to be understood by our partner if we have one, but also it's like, why aren't we doing it to ourselves too? It sounds like, yeah, self-love man. Yeah. I mean, that sounds very fulfilling at the same time. That sounds great. Also, it means I could buy lots of gifts for myself too. That's one of mine. If that's what it is, dude, every time you buy giving to myself, every, (laughs) every time that Amazon box comes to the door, you just tell (laughs) Evan, I'm, I'm using my love language to love myself. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Even though I feel like everything now is just for Bella. It's like, how can I keep her entertained this week during quarantine? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Emmy now knows that if she wants something that we order it on the phone. And so the other day she was like, I want bell makeup. I'm like, Oh, I don't think they make bell makeup. But, and she's like, show me on the phone. Show me, show me. I'm like, Oh my God, she knows. And then she knows that drivers drop things off. And the other day she was picking up a package outside our door and bringing it in and she shut the door and she goes, thank you driver. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so cute. But I'm like, this is the world our children are growing up in now that everything we're buying everything online and having it shipped to our doors because we don't want to take our children places. I know it's really sad. Although it is very convenient. It's very (laughs) convenient. Yeah. It's just going to make us all fat because we can't walk around anymore. We just sit and we wait for our food and we wait for our bubbles. <laughs> yeah. The, the quarantine or the COVID-19 pounds. Oh, I mean, for sure. I've gained 
some. Tanner just, I mean, you have an excuse. Tanner just walked in the door and said he's gaining the COVID-20. I think it's fine. <laughs> it'll be like a New Year's resolution again. Like when COVID goes away, it'll be like New Year's resolution time again. For sure. Well, Which no one actually does. That's true. What is, oh God, what are the 2021 New Year's resolutions going to be? Oh, oh Lord. Tanner gains the... um Sympathy weight, though, with pregnancy. That's why, actually, he didn't gain that with Brooks, but he gained it with Emmy, and he's gaining it this time around. That's why I also thought this baby was a girl, because they say men are, like, one of the old wives' tales is that men gain weight when the baby tends to be a girl. Weird. Yeah, that they gain the sympathy weight when the baby tends to be a girl. So I was like, oh, well, then this must be a girl because... He's packing on the pounds. <laughs> but it's He's just, gonna love that you're saying. Oh uh, well, he knows. Like with Emmy, he was in denial that he was gaining the weight until one day he put on a pair of jeans. I was like, these don't fit, and I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> but this it's so funny. This time around, he's you know, Evan aware. doesn't drink drink really anymore, so he's lost like the drinking weight. But instead of drinking now he just like eats candy so uh, every time i look at him he has some type of candy in his hand and i'm like okay so you just substitute it yeah i mean can- eating candy is way better for you than drinking alcohol that's true but it's just really funny i'm like oh my gosh you have like five twizzlers every hour <laughs> tanner eats milano's those milano cookies oh yeah yeah he he has like bags and bags. That's of so funny. Yeah. yeah. Evan has such a sweet tooth. So we got on a, a tangent, but I do want to go back to Brooks's birthday and talk about like what you did and if you're having a party and whatnot. Okay. So one of my dilemmas was because the birthdays are so close together for Emmy and Brooks or birthdays are like three weeks apart on a calendar. Um, I was like, do I have you know, a birthday party for Brooks and then a birthday party for Emmy or do I combine them? But since it's, his, oh. since it's his first birthday, I feel like he, you know, all kids kind of, it's like a huge milestone that they sort of deserve right. their, this like rite of passage of become, you, you know, they've been on earth for, totally. they've been on earth for a year now. Plus like, I like I've, I survived a, a year of motherhood with two babies. Like I want to celebrate that too. It's like, heck yeah. Parties are kind of for the mom. I feel like when the baby oh, is totally. so young. Yeah. So we are having a party on Saturday. Um, yesterday, we just took him to the petting zoo, but he wasn't that really that interested. But Emmy had a great time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're having a party on Saturday, just like a small little shindig. And we're having a pizza truck outside on our street that neighbors can like walk by around the block and get pizza and cupcakes and we're doing like the bo- the balloon arch thing that's all trendy. Cute. But um, yeah, I mean, it was it was a really good day. I, it was very like emotional and like reflective for me just because I just cannot believe how fast this year has gone. So fast. Do you feel like it's it goes faster with your second because you have your first to also take care of? I don't know. I think it's just been a weird year, too. I mean, you tagged me in that video and I remember that video like it was yesterday yeah. like it actually kind of freaks me out me too we were we were like podcasting and doing FabFitFun video shoot like that weekend and I think that's is that the last time I saw you if it is that's really sad I think it might be gosh well he that's was really weird he was like four weeks old then so I feel like I have seen you maybe haven't seen Brooks since then but Right. That I guess that's what I mean. But yeah. Yeah. Well, 
I don't know. I mean, it's been a really long time since I've seen you in person. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Somebody on Instagram messaged me the other day. They're like, are you and Carly still friends? And I was like, we do a podcast every week. (laughs) That's so what a weird thing to ask. I know. I was like, we just can't see each other right now, really. So yeah, we don't live in the same state. They must not realize that, I guess. I guess I just feel like the rules apply to you differently too. And I'm this might, I mean, they don't, but I'm saying rules. Sometimes people feel like apply differently to them when they don't like we have kids. I'm so scared of getting my kids sick, but like some people don't have kids and they're like, Oh, it's just me, which it isn't because it would spread. It could spread to someone else and then someone else and then someone else. And they're not thinking about that. But I feel like some people just think, Oh, I can travel and do whatever. Cause it's just me. Yeah. And, no, it's and, not. And all, the, it all their family's healthy. They're healthy. So they feel maybe a little bit invincible. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of interesting because life is going to have to get back to somewhat of a, not like normal, but like back to oh, yeah. how things were running before. So, oh yeah. I mean, the boys are going back to school in two weeks. That's crazy. I know. It's really scary. I'm I'm nervous about it. But again, it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, you just have to, at some point, I think, try to take a step forward to normalcy and then see if it works out. And if it doesn't, then I don't yeah. know, just be as careful as possible. But all the kids are wearing masks and it's still, there's like a thousand rules, but I'm like, oh my gosh, in two weeks, life's going to be a little bit scarier every day Yeah, for a while. I mean, for me, like, I just don't know what to believe anymore because I feel like Fact, I don't know. People can just put stuff on the internet and you, that's not fact checked. And, and I know, and so I just like don't know what to believe anymore. But since like I'm pregnant and I know there's like protocols at hospitals and I want to like avoid those protocols, I want to mm-hmm. be negative when I have my baby, like COVID negative. So for me, I'm like trying to just be careful in that fact, you know, because totally. I don't want to have to go through the extra hassles of, worrying about that and then my health and then my baby's health. And then like, you know, right. you just don't know. So for me, that's kind of like my driving factor, but it is, right. it's so interesting. And then election year and then all this stuff, like I don't want to get into politics, but it's just such a crazy world. It's, it's crazy. I mean, you have to fact check everything a thousand times. And then when you fact check it a thousand times, you still don't know if it's right. You still don't. <laughs> I, I, I feel like you still don't know. You can't trust nobody. I know. <laughs> Hey, let's take a quick break and let's hear from some of our sponsors. Well, we're so excited to talk to you. I am so interested. I know that you teach meditation and I have a million questions for you on meditation, but we want to start kind of at the beginning with you. We were wondering if you could tell us about your journey with fertility and motherhood and how like all of this came to fruition for you. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Uh, about it, almost 20 years ago is when I started our modern day family creation. We went straight into IVF because of a pre-existing condition that my husband had. And, you know, we thought naively that it would go pretty quickly because we started when I was in my mid twenties. And, uh, unfortunately that's not how it worked out. And we went through several rounds of IVF that didn't work out. 
and eventually getting pregnant a couple times. And the very last one ended in a miscarriage of my twins at 17 weeks. Mm. And at that point, we decided, I just called it, I I couldn't do anymore after so many Mm. years. And we decided to pivot to international adoption. And we adopted our son from Kazakhstan. We went with that program because relative to the other ones, it was much shorter. And I was just being so impatient about finally becoming a mom. I just, I just wanted to have, start my family. And Mm -hmm. so Kazakhstan was pretty short because it required us to live out there for a month, which is really hard for most people to do. Uh, in, in addition to the hefty cost of adoption. And that's when we welcomed our son, our first son, and we started our family. And then after that, you know, the pressure was kind of off a little bit. And we thought, let's just give IVF one more try. We switched facilities and lo and behold, we became pregnant and they threw the kitchen sink at me. They had to do a procedure to close up my cervix and put me on bed rest. So it wasn't really the best of pregnancies, not what I had envisioned, Uh, but it worked out wonderfully. I did give birth to boy-girl twins who are now 11. And then, you know, we harvested so many embryos during that, that one time. And we, you know, we kept them frozen and we kept getting letters about what we wanted to do with them. And I couldn't carry them myself at that point. And surrogacy was not an option initially because of the hefty price tag. Uh, Over the course of many years, it finally did become an option, which is why there's such a big gap between my my, my two sets of twins. And then we decided to work with a surrogate who is our living angel. She's amazing. She carried um, twins for us and they are now four-year-old four-year-olds. So I have a 13-year-old who we adopted, the 11-year-old twins I carried, and our current four-year-olds were from our surrogate. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's quite a mouthful. <laughs> it's really cool though, because each story is so unique. You know, you kind of have like, a, you know, a way that a child has been brought into your life in so many different ways. Right. And we tell the kids that even though everyone came into our family in a different way. The common theme with everyone is that it was built upon love. Everyone Aww. was brought in because of love. Yep. I'm pregnant right now and you're going to make me get all oh. emotional. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I loved your announcement. That was super oh, cute. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're crazy. We This will be my third. <laughs> we'll pretty much be having three, uh, under three and a half. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, what a, What other way can I like announce this except that there's going to be chaos? <laughs> yes, Good exactly. Chaos. Good chaos. Yes. But So you are like, is that kind of like what you got, what got you into life coaching and being like an advocate for, for women and for fertility is just through your own journey? Yeah. So I didn't have the benefit of meditation when I was pregnant way back when. I mean, the idea of self-care wasn't even a thing back Mm -hmm. then. It's just such a Mm -hmm. recent topic these last few years. And I really just, I took, I internalized every single thing. It really, that whole process just gave my psyche Uh, like a beating. And, you know, I carried that with me throughout and it just kept adding on and adding on and I didn't have an outlet for it. And lo and behold, even after having the three kids, it manifested itself into an eating disorder. And, you know, just what came about 
as I was doing the work to get out of that is that, you know, I felt like I couldn't fail at something else, you know, and I needed to control yeah. my life because I couldn't control the, that situation. And mm -hmm. so I am driven to help other men and women who are going through the same process of infertility to offer them some guidance, just throwing another strategy for them to use throughout this tumultuous process that they're going through and having a way to like tune in to the intercom that we all have within us by using things like meditation, breathing techniques, gratitudes, affirmations, all of it. Because, you know, as we all know, especially in going through what we're going through right now in the world, there you need as many things as you can in your like toolkit, your self-care toolkit, because some days just like one thing won't be enough. You need a lot of things to help you stay positive and, and not go down that rabbit hole of negativity. Yeah. What would you say for just like the average person who's looking to try to get into adding meditation into their life? Like, would it be like 10 minutes in the morning would make a difference or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, myself, when I first thought about going into meditation, I was telling my friend who was trying to convince me that I couldn't get into it because I'm this type A personality who's always on the go. I have a million things in my mind going on. And I started with, with an app and I started with like two minutes a day. And you'll notice that just doing something for a couple of minutes every day is a great way to start trying it out, incorporating it, and you'll feel a difference right away. You will feel calm, which is, you know, super addictive that you want to keep tapping into this, this feeling of relaxation that you can get just from a couple of minutes of sitting there and listening to someone guide you or listening to some calming music and just taking deep breaths. It doesn't have to be anything super fancy. You don't need, you know, that special nook in your house where it's completely zen. You can do it anywhere. Like I would do it in my minivan. I do it in my closet to get away from everyone. It is just a matter of taking a couple moments for yourself and, and just trying it every day so that you can build upon it. So first off, I wanted to tell you that I did your um, ocean breathing meditation. Oh, yay. And I thought it was so cute because you start out by being in your car and you're like, this is the carpool meditation. So you can like be <laughs> calm while waiting for your kids, which I was like, that's absolutely perfect. Because that's, I mean, <laughs> that's genius, especially yeah. with nowadays kids are going back to school and that carpool line. Everyone's going to be really nervous. <laughs> so. Yes. Right. Uh, exactly. that's, a, that's a great thing to add in. So I know that there's like mantra meditation, there's visualization meditations, there's guided meditations. I feel like, how do you know, like, is there a right meditation for, is there like one person would do better with uh, visualization one person would do better with guided or should you change it up? Or like, how do you know, find the right mantra? Like, how do you know what will work best for you or will anything work? I love that question. And I love that you tried the ocean meditation. I'm so glad. I loved it. I hope it helped you out. Yay. You know what's crazy about it is that, so it's like a seven minute video. Mm -hmm. And I, I can't, I'm not actually sure how long the meditation went for when you were, when we were breathing, but it went by so quickly, I feel. 
Yeah. Like, I feel like time wasn't, didn't exist in those moments or something. And all of a sudden you're like, and now like gently open your eyes. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm not ready to do that <laughs> yet. Like it went by so fast. Yeah, that's perfect. You're really Is that in normal? it. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know anything about this stuff. I want to know everything. You were very yeah, zen. Yeah, no. You were totally. So yeah, you were in it. That's why it <laughs> went by so quickly. That's great. It's great that you weren't twiddling your thumbs like, oh my God, when is this going to end? No, that's. That was yeah. great. Oh, good. I'm glad. And so going back to your question about what's the right type of meditation for a person, it's it's like anything new that you're trying. You know, I, I liken it to like I'm super into face masks. You have to try it just to see and then you'll get to know what works for you. So some people okay. are super visual. It'll really work for them to do a guided visualization. Some people mm -hmm. just just want quiet. Like even for myself as a an avid meditator and a teacher, there are some days where I just want someone to empower me. So I'll look for something that will like boost up my mood. And then there's some okay. days when all these kids are driving me nuts and I just want silence. And I'm going to sit for 20 minutes on my own with some music or without and just allow myself to be in stillness. And the same goes for anyone who's even just trying it out. You have to see there's so many now that it's great that you can kind of pick and choose and you can only try it for just a few minutes. Then you, you're not like, you know, you, you have the time to try out new things because they're just so short and they're quick for you to check out. So, you know, you know yourself well, and if you're a really visual person, then go for something that's guided where, and they'll say that they'll be like guided journey on this in their description. And, and then on some days, really, that's why it's important to tune in to how you're feeling, because then you'll know what you need in that moment. If you need to shift your mindset to positivity, because you're going down this negative spiral, like looking at news when you shouldn't be. And you need a boost. So do something like a gratitude meditation or an affirmation one that will really shift you into positive thinking. So, mm. you know, it's really about being willing to try and being flexible and then tuning into really how you're feeling so that you can decide what you want to try out for that day. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so many different meditations out there now, which is great. But as a new person going into it, it can be super overwhelming. And I get that. It can feel overwhelming too, because I think a lot of people have this idea that meditation is like what you said, like you have your own little Zen corner in your house mm -hmm. and you sit there and you, you meditate for an hour and you're just supposed to like not have any thoughts. And then you sit down and you're like, all your thoughts are racing through your head. You're like, well, I can't do this. And you just like give up. But it's nice to know that there's benefits from just doing it. Like you said, like you started out doing it two minutes a day, which I totally get that high you're talking about because I get runners high. So I'm like, I know what you mean where it gets addictive, where you're just like, I feel so much better doing this. Yes, the, exactly. I love how you likened it to working out because before meditation, like throughout my fertility journey, my go-to and my self-care strategy back then and still today is to work out. Like I work out every day. It's my time to clear my mind and make me, it like, completely changes how I feel and how I look at life that day. And so that is also something that happens with me with meditation. And I'm hoping for my students for that to happen to them as well. You know, there's this misunderstanding that 
like you said, your mind has to be completely clear of thoughts, but that's not really what happens. What happens, it's kind of an ebb and flow. You know, you'll suddenly achieve stillness and your mind will be empty. And then next thing you know, you hear a sound and your mind is thinking about something else and you've wandered off. But then you need to just bring yourself back into that stillness and you you ground yourself through either whatever it is that is your object of attention, your breath, your mantra, whatever it is, and you bring yourself back and then you, you find that stillness again. But then lo and behold, like... <sighs> even for myself and and everyone else who meditates, your mind will get distracted again. And the beauty of this is, you know, don't judge your experience, just let it be. But this is applicable to even motherhood. It's applicable to that because you'll find yourself being with your kids, right? And you're in it and you're hanging out with them and you're playing. And then all of a sudden your mind wanders to something you have to do for work or something you have to do for the house. And all of a sudden you're in a different place and you're not really there with your kids, even though Mm -hmm. physically you are. And then, so the benefit of meditation is that you have trained your brain how to return back to the present moment. So when you're practicing meditation, it helps you in everyday life because then in that moment with your child, then you can recognize what's happening and say, okay, I can tend to that later. I'm going to get back to being with my child who who needs me right now. We're doing something together and really be present for that. And and it's a constant, you know, it's a constant battle, as you know, as moms. But that's why meditation is so great, because it trickles out to the rest of your life. That's very cool. I, I like that you explained it, that how it does apply to our lives, which is so true, because I find myself doing that, too, especially with technology. You know, we get distracted mm-hmm. with our phones even. And I notice myself, I'm like, okay, no, I need to be back and I need to be present with my child mm-hmm. because this is our time together. So I think that's cool that you, that it does, it trains your brain like that. Yeah, 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 it does. And just a little bit a day will give your mind practice and, and then you can practice it outside of the meditation as well, because now you know that, you know, you're trying to focus on one thing and noticing when your mind wanders off and then remembering, okay, wait, I, I can put the phone down and stop scrolling and, and return back to this. And then you, you use it back and forth in your meditation and in life. And you don't have to be in a special place to do it. It can be wherever you need to be. Yeah, I I find like my me time. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before, but is my sh- is when I shower and I I, mm. I try to do like deep breathing in the shower because it really is the only time that I'm alone where it's quiet and there's kind of that white noise of the water and I just like focus on the water and like the warmth and everything and I really focus on tuning into myself and my breathing and I don't know if that's really considered meditation, but it's it's kind of like my time where I get grounded. I think that totally is. I love that. I love that. You're the first person who's told me about like that. That's where they do that because you're right. You have the sound of the water, which is, you know, for my meditations, I have the the waves going in in the background as the music and pairing it with something like a breathing technique while you're in there. That's totally, you're doing a meditation. You can do meditations as you're walking outside. Even they're called like walking mindfulness. And as long as you're tuning into the present moment, that's you're meditating. You know, your eyes don't necessarily have to be closed. 
right? I mean, you can if you're under the water, but it's you're setting aside a time for yourself where it's still and you're focusing your point of attention was your breathing. So you're totally meditating. I love it. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, let's take a break really quick and hear from one of our sponsors. You also talk about body scanning. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that helps alleviate stress? Yeah, I'm so interested. Yeah. So I noticed, you know, there was a point in time where I had these tension headaches for like half a year and this is pre-meditation and I I had a headache every day. It was terrible. I went to all the doctors and there was nothing wrong. And what I noticed eventually was that my shoulders are like always scrunched up. And with working out, I'm constantly working on that part of region of my body. And so it just kept getting tight and tight and there was no release. But at that time, I wasn't aware of my body. I wasn't really tuned in like I am now through all the work that I'm doing with, you know, with various teachers and then also meditation. And so what's great about the body scan is essentially you're you're fortifying this mind-body connection. So you're going through from like the bottom of your feet to the top of your head and you're moving along your body and just checking in. Like how do my feet feel? And if you find that, you know, you have some tightness in your calves from running, then you use your breath and you almost visualize yourself breathing in to that space for example, the calves, and just imagine yourself breathing or sending energy into that space. And then the the other part of it is when you exhale, you're visualizing yourself releasing that tension. And so that one, you know, like your calves, you can't, you can squeeze them, but what, when you can really feel it, if you want to try right now is when you take your shoulders and you really scrunch them up to your ears which we often get to, not maybe this drastically, but when we're on our computers, you know, our shoulders just start to scrunch up. And before you know it, you're, you know, they're all the way up to your ears. And so in the body scan, I ask people to breathe into those shoulders and really scrunch them up. And then as they exhale to release the tension, but then also drop their shoulders and you feel this immediate release. You feel this immediate like openness now between your shoulders and your ears. And, and that's essentially how to do a body scan. It's just being able to tune in and see like, how am I feeling today? How is my body feeling? And how can I use my breath to really help me sort of calm down? And the best part is that, you know, when I teach corporate classes is that they can do this while they're, when they go back to their desk. And they don't even have to be in a meditation because sitting all day in front of their computers, that's just, it just ends up happening without even realizing it. And by doing this, you know, routinely, then you're saving yourself a lot of stress on your body. Yeah. Just, just talking about all this makes me feel very peaceful and relaxed. Just listening to you talk about it. I feel like I have like endorphins going through my body right now. I'm like, why is this happening? (laughs) (laughs) Do you do like a morning and a night, midday? Like, is there any like routine to, I don't know, meditation or mindfulness or affirmations that you kind of have established for yourself? Or do you just do it like when you need it? Well, for me, because, you know, I'm a meditation teacher and I'm trying, I I do it at the bookends of my day. So I always start with the meditation in the morning and I'm pretty flexible. It's not like right 
the moment I wake up, I have to do it. I'm a mom of five and the four-year-olds are always coming into bed with me in the <laughs> middle of the night. So I have to be flexible with that. And But I always do get one done in the morning. And it's usually around 20 minutes for me. And then I do it again in the evening. And the reason to do it twice, if you're if you're able to, which is something to sort of aim for eventually, if you're a newbie, is to, you know, in the beginning, you're setting an intention for your day, like how you want to have the day unfold for you. And you're setting yourself up for like stepping out on the right foot, right? And then in the evening, you're you know, or even as you like afternoon, say you're switching from work to home life, you need that little transition in order to shift your mindset. Like it's a different mindset to go from like, okay, suddenly I'm working and then now I have to like get dinner ready and and be present for my husband and my children. And so just doing a couple minutes in between, like really gets you almost, it's like hitting a reset button and and then just resetting yourself for this new part of of your day. And so that's why I like to to teach people eventually to try and do two. Uh, I don't teach it right away because I want people just to try it even just for a minute or two a day and then and then gradually work their way up. Do you practice uh, or teach your children how to meditate, especially even at, like your youngsters who are four? So what's amazing is that now my 13-year-old will just find me in the middle of the night because he has sometimes trouble going to sleep. He'll find me and he'll ask me to do a meditation with him. And I love that. I absolutely so am so, so happy when he does that. We started with, there's so many apps right now that have kids sections. And sometimes I feel like it's better for them to just hear someone else versus their mom. But what one thing that we consistently do at the end of the night to make sure that they shift into state of positivity is doing a gratitude and an affirmation. And everyone gives me something at the end of the night as you know, I'm talking them into bed. And it's a great way for them to always remember that even if the world around them is falling apart. There's always one thing that they can be grateful for, mm-hmm. whether that's their breath or their siblings or just something small that happened. And now they're and now I'm trying to I'm trying to get my little four-year-olds to do it. And I think they've gotten it because <laughs> the other day, actually yesterday, the four-year-old, I asked him, you know, what I phrase it differently. Like, what is something good that happened to you yesterday. And he said, well, I didn't have fun swimming. And, and then I said, no, we have to be positive about how we say things. And he said, I'm positive that I did not have fun swimming. (laughs) (laughs) He's a little, these four-year-olds are, they're, they're smart. They're sassy. They're very sassy. (laughs) Yeah. But so that just shows that you can't start them super young. And, and then I just try to be a model for them of behavior. For example, you know, they'll see me like the four-year-olds will walk into me meditating in my closet and they know now that they just need to whisper. They'll whisper to each other, mommy's meditating, mommy's meditating. And then they'll just sit next to me and put their heads in my lap. And, and that for me is even just a little, like it's a little win because it's showing them that it's important to take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. I love that. That's such a good thing to teach your kids. I think so too. I think that's, thank you for sharing that. So you are starting a podcast, correct? And you have a book coming up. Is it all based around meditation? Is it more your personal life? 
Yep. So both of them are centered around incorporating meditation and mindfulness into your fertility journey. Because like I said, back then I didn't have that. And I really think that it would have been a game changer for me in terms of being able to like express my feelings and use strategies to help take care of myself during all those many ups and downs. And that's what I talk about on my podcast, Responding to Life. It really goes into detail about the different parts of my my journey. And, you know, it offers people a view on what each path looks like and sort of comparing, especially as you might be entertaining the idea of switching from one to the other. So that's the whole point of, of the podcast, Responding to Life. And then with the book, I'm, I'm hoping to write in examples for each part of the journey and using and adding in how to do self-care strategies and meditation into your journey. That's amazing. Because we can all use some guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's being talked about more and more like infertility and everything, but I feel like there's, I mean, it's so common and I feel like there's so many women out there who could relate because they just, you know, they may feel like isolated or alone in their journeys and they don't know how to quite navigate through it. So I think it's amazing that you're using your platforms to talk about it. You're right. Exactly. That's the word that I use so often is that it really is isolating and it can be very, you know, demoralizing to just, it almost feels like a failure that you don't want to admit. But what I'm loving about social media is that there's so many different avenues now that you can use to not feel alone. You know, podcasts are great, but then there are also all these groups where you can just hear other women talk about it. Like that was something as well that I wish I had, but uh, at the time I didn't. So that's my hope with the podcast and the book and and the meditations. That's so awesome. I have one question we always ask is, uh, where can people find you? Um, If they want to do your meditations, if they want to find your podcast, how do they... How do they find you? The website is J-A-T-L-U-R-I, jatlurie.com. And on Instagram, it's Josephine R. Atlurie. And on the website, you can sign up for the my monthly newsletter. And in it, I always include a new video meditation. And I, I sort of stagger them, putting them back onto my site, even though on my site, there are some video meditations that you can try. And I am doing free... 15-minute meditations every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. PST on Zoom for at least the month of August until school starts. So that way you can try live uh, a new technique and then ask me any questions about your experience and meditation in general. And, And yeah, and my podcast, Responding to Life. Awesome. That's amazing. And then the last question I have, I was wondering if you could uh, leave us with maybe your your top favorite like daily affirmations that we could use or, you know, maybe also just one for, for everyone to use today if they haven't done a daily affirmation yet. Oh, I love this. Yes. My favorite go-to ones are, especially right now is I am healthy. I'm strong. I'm brave. I am love. And I am loved. Mm. And I just repeat those to myself sometimes like right before I go to bed to just ease me into it or when I'm getting super stressed out, I'll just repeat that to myself. Not even in a meditation, just walking around my house. I love that. (laughs) Well, thank you so, so, so much, Josephine, for being with us today. It was totally my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Of course. Man, Jade, that like actually 
I'm going to try to start meditating now. You know, I've been telling myself that I want to meditate and that I was going to get up before the kids get up and do like a 10 minute meditation in the morning and try to be more intentional with my day. And I've been, I've been doing like gratitudes every morning, but now like the way she's just explained things. And I love how she said it trickles into other areas of your life. I just feel like it's something that I could really use and that I do want to teach my children how to to use as a tool as well. So I just, I just really needed all of her information today. I thought she was great. Yeah, I did too. Evan started uh, using a meditation app and he, I mean, gosh, he is way calmer than he used to be. Also, have you seen that commercial? That's like, I think it's the calm app on TV that says like, yeah. don't do anything for the next 30 seconds or something like that. For 15 seconds. It's like a, such a small amount of time, but like if you just sit there and you watch the commercial and you don't do anything, it's like actually really amazing. <laughs> I haven't seen the commercial, but I've heard of the app. Yeah. It's so good. It just has this like, I don't know, the background, like, I don't know, like a rainforest or something and then or like rain falling. And then it's just like a little circle that just kind of goes on like a timer and it just counts down and says like, don't do anything for the next 30 seconds. And you just sit there and like listen to this rain. That sounds very nice. It's really nice. (laughs) My doctor's office or my midwife's office, they have a TV that shows like a waterfall and you, and the, the, the sound of the waterfalls is like very softly in the background of the like waiting room. And I always find myself like staring at the TV, like mesmerized (laughs) and just like (laughs) listening to the sound. And I feel like that's good though. I feel like it's kind of like a, I don't know if like hypnosis or meditation, but I always feel really calm in the room. I always love going there. (laughs) It's very important to feel calm in a room. Yes. Any, any Especially room. before a doctor's <laughs> Especially appointment. Especially there. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, that was really great. I'm, uh, like I said, I did her meditation and I really liked it. And I actually, because I always kind of get nervous before we podcast. And I actually did feel more calm. Like, I feel like my anxiety went down a little bit yeah. to, like, get me started to do that. So maybe if anybody's feeling a little bit of anxiety... Go do that carpool, ocean breathing. See if you feel better. I did. I felt more calm. Yeah, I'm going to go do it after this. <laughs> do it, Jade. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and tuning in. As always, we love you. And yeah, please tell a friend about Mommy's Tell All. Seriously, thank you so much for everybody who's gone on Apple Podcasts, giving us a five-star rating and review. It seriously helps us so much and it helps other moms find the show. So Thank you so much. We love you. We'll see you next week. 